How many here have seen me or have no idea who I am? How many have no idea who I am? Anybody? I know you're shocked. It's amazing. You're in shock right now because Gary and I look exactly the same. <laughs> no, he could be a clone of me. <laughs> I am so happy to be at Fellowship Church. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Oh, by the way, most of y'all know that I have a white Porsche. She's sitting right over there. Honey, stand up and wave. Her name is Porsche, and I have a white Porsche. And she's with me today. So praise the Lord for that. I'm Terry. I'm the fourth of six kids to Annie Locke and PC. Gary was number six, he's the baby. I'm seven years his senior. Way under better looking. Flat out. Flat out. You're not blind. None of you are blind. I'm a visual person when I speak. I love object lessons. That helps me. I tell stories. I've got one quick one. About Gary at Thanksgiving. Used to, they would all come. Well, they still do. Other than covid they would come to the house. This was several years ago. Talking about how much we look alike. It's insanity. It's insanity. We're running out of ice cream. It's in the evening. Y'all don't know this, but Gary will eat ice cream. Okay? I grab my keys. I grab the billfold. I'm in the car. I go to Walmart. I leave Walmart with two half gallons of ice cream. And I kind of roll through a stop sign. Whoop! Law enforcement comes to my window. I had picked up Gary's billfold. I give them his license. The guy says, this isn't you. I said, I know you got the wrong man. Just kidding. Every bit of that was a lie. Okay? Every bit of that was a lie. But I tell you what, if you go around me long enough, you're going to like me. Why? Because I'm going to love you. I just stand. On Father's Day today, I hope the relationship you had with your father was sweet, loving, Father's passed on. I hope it's a memory that you treasure. I had prepared a message for Father's Day called Bad Dads. And the more I went over it, I'd never get through it. I had a bad day. He wasn't good to me. But that when I grew up, I'd never be like that. Amen. So, Lord, thank you for the dad you gave me. Okay? Thank you for the dad you gave me.
Wow. 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 Hmm. Each one of us can make a difference. Okay? We all have value. No matter how small or insignificant we feel, each of us are fearfully, wonderfully made. I don't care what you're told. That's who you are. You're made in the image of God. You have value and you matter. So on this Father's Day, on 2021, I'm going to speak to you about rejection. Rejection. Well, that's kind of goofy for Father's Day. Well, is it? Not in my case, it wasn't. Rejection. We're not there yet, Roger. I got a little preliminary stuff to do before, okay? But I do have a question. Well, I have two. Does America today need revival? Yes or no? How about you and you and you and you? Do you need revival today? Do we need that today? Well, how's that going to happen? How does revival happen? Or do we play a part in it? It's all going to tie to rejection. Is that okay? Somebody say amen. It's all going to tie to rejection. Old man Steed got up early like he does every morning for the past 31 years. And Ronnie, he's walking the beach. That's what he did. He loved his morning walks to the beach. He walks for a little while and he sees a young man up there doing something. So he keeps walking the closer he gets. What is he doing? This guy's throwing stuff in the water. My beach that I walk, that ain't happening anymore. He's done. Hey! What are you doing? What are you throwing in that water? Well, sir, these starfish, they got washed up. And when the sun comes up, they're going to die. And so I'm throwing them back in the water before the sun cooks them. That's the dumbest thing on the planet. There's thousands of miles of beaches. There's millions of starfish. You're not making a bit of difference. Well, I'm making a difference with this one. And I'm going to make a difference with this one. Do we wonder how revival will start? Amen. That's right. That's the dumbest thing on the planet. No, we didn't. Nope. One to one. How did COVID start? Why is everybody wearing a mask? That's exactly how revival can take off. What's that got to do with rejection? Will y'all be patient? I'm getting there. Okay? <laughs> Just be patient a minute, okay? Give me a little bit. But I love the story with the starfish, and you can make a difference, folks. You can make a difference. 
Okay, Roger, I think we're ready to roll, buddy. Do we really want revival? And that's a question. Do we really want it, Ronnie? Do we want revival in America? Do we want it? It can happen one-to-one. It can happen overnight. The switch can get turned on just like this COVID-19 SARS-2. Wow. That's how revival can take off. It can do that. It can do that. One-to-one to one-to-one to one-to-one to one. It's amazing. Why do we not see the great revivals today that we saw in the past? Has anyone ever been in a revival meeting where the Spirit of God was so heavy in that room that you're scared to move? You might bump into God. Have you ever been there? If you've ever been there, you'll never forget it. We need to crave that in America. Is God willing? Is God willing to send revival to Fellowship Church? Do you think He's willing? Absolutely He's willing. Absolutely God is willing. I'm going to show you a few great revivals. not going to be here but just a second, but I want you to see the first great revival was in 1730 to 1740. It started in England. Then it migrated to the colonies and it was headed up by Jonathan Edwards. Greatest re- great revival, number one. Wow, that's better. <laughs> Second great revival, 1820s to 1850s throughout America and England. It was spearheaded by who? Charles Finney. Third great revival, 1875 1885. Chicago led by an uneducated D.L. Moody. Anybody ever hear of Moody? If you think that you can't do something and just stay in your community or your whoever on its here, you can. This guy was uneducated. You kidding? You can make a difference. You can do it. And all of you have something. The fourth great revival, 1906... 1915, Los Angeles, California. At the Azusa Street Revival, it began in a church at 312 Azusa Street, California. Are we in the right place this morning for a a revival to begin? Yep. We're in the right place, folks. They actually gave you the street number where it began. Why couldn't it begin at Fellowship Church in Inglewood, Florida? Can it? It can start here. It can start today, here. But what do we have to do? Is there something we have to do? This is not the message, by the way. I'm just talking. Can I just talk? Just a minute. The fifth great revival, and it's simply called the 20th Century Revival, 1910 to 1970s, an ex-pro baseball player turned preacher, Billy Sunday. You may have heard of him. Reaches a million and a half people before he's dead at 1935. Then on the scene, Billy Graham. Ever hear the name Billy Graham? Millions came to Christ under his ministry, including my drunk mama. Oh boy, I love that. I love that. Thank you, Billy Graham, for reaching my mama for Christ. Most of the great revivals came about because of events that shook a nation. Now, can you think of anything that's happened 
in just the short meanwhile that has shaken, say, Charlotte County? How about Florida? How about the good old U.S. of A.? How about the world? And baby, it happened overnight. You can't what? My bride and I are sitting out at Dickie's under an elm tree eating lunch because everything is closed. We're just watching the cars go down the highway. (laughs) Ronnie, that happened overnight. It happened overnight. Soaking revival. One to one. One to one. And I'm getting to rejection. (laughs) Well, if COVID shook the the world, we could be poised to witness the greatest revival the world has ever seen today. We're right on the edge of what could be the greatest revival. But what's stopping it? No, I'm asking, what's stopping it? What is stopping revival? It's happened in the past. We just saw it. What's stopping it today? Us. Hmm. Is God willing? Everybody say yes. Yes. Everybody say yes. Yes. Well, if he's willing, he's the same God. It's the same book. Could it be money? The baby boomers stand to inherit the greatest wealth in history today. It's not the money. It is not the money. Is it transportation? Guys, we can fly from sea to shining sea in three hours. It is not transportation that's stopping revival. Could it be facilities? Are you kidding me? Look where you're sitting. Are you kidding me? Now in the south, where I'm from, in Carolinas, through the Bible Belt there, Video store closed, well, it becomes a church next week. There's a church on every corner where I live. It is not facilities that's stopping revival. Well, what is stopping revival? Why don't we see the great revivals today? Why is America in a spiritual dry season? Which is where we are. You think maybe it could be us? Do you think? Do you think? I'm talking about born-again believers. If you have your Bible, I'm going to just touch in Acts 4.13 and in Luke 2 will be where I'll be speaking from. Luke 2. Are you kidding? Not Luke 2. That's a Christmas message. (laughs) We'll just hang on. Tighten your seatbelt just a minute. It's okay. It's okay. The greatest fear in America today for adults, number one, public speaking. That's number one. See, I'm not public speaking. I'm home. This is family. See, I'm not public speaking. But public speaking is number one. Anybody know what number two is? Somebody say dying. How dumb are we? What you're saying is at the funeral, you'd rather be in the casket than back here speaking about the dearly departed. How dumb are we? We'd rather be dead than speaking. Unbelievable. We're screwed up, people. We're screwed up. 
our problem, our problem today, as far as revival, is relating Jesus Christ to someone else. That's a problem. But why is it a problem? Because we're scared we're going to screw it up. Yeah, I'm not a preacher. What am I going to say to this guy? He's going to think I'm a dummy. How do I say that? No, I can talk the ball game. Or I can talk grandbabies. But why can't I talk about Jesus to somebody? Why can't I do that? Do you think that would have anything to do with a revival breaking out? I think it could. Do you know you can tell somebody about Jesus without preaching to them? How? Okay, really quick. Really quick. We're going to shoot back a little over 2,000 years, and here's the conversation you hear. Amen. You remember that old crippled beggar that laid by the gate there? Yeah. He didn't die, did he? No, he didn't die. What about him? Well, he's bagging groceries over at A&P. What? Have you bumped your head? No, my wife saw him. He took her groceries out to the donkey. He never walked in his life. He said maybe he could walk after all. No, he couldn't walk. Well, what happened? Well, there's this guy named Jesus. And he did something with him. I don't know what he did, but he did something with him. Okay? Well, that's unbelievable. I've never heard anything like that. Well, it even gets better than that. No. You remember the old guy that stayed up in the Rocky Hills up by setting ashes and scraped himself? He's a wild man. Nobody could get near him. Yeah. My brother Raymond, he saw him in the barbershop. What? Yeah, what happened to him? Well, see, there was this guy named Jesus, and he did something with him. I don't know what he did. He said he'd come out looking better than he did. <laughs> oh, my land, my land. But that don't top at all. That's not the cake topping. You mean there's more? My wife's mother came over, and she heard he raised this guy from the dead. Shut up. Who did? Same Jesus guy. Now, did any preaching go on there? Was there any preaching? You're just telling what Jesus did. What's Jesus doing in your life? Why can't we share that? You don't have to preach to somebody. You're not going to preach them to church. You're going to love them to church. That's right. That's how you're going to get them in here. You're going to love them to church. And when they get in here, oh my gosh, they're going to get, they'll throw up from all the love in here. Forget about it. We'll love you so much it'll make you sick. Okay? But a good sick. That's a good sick. I'm having a good time. I don't know about you guys. But what if I say something? What if I say something that people just don't like? I don't want to sound like an idiot. Well, I tell you what, if you do sound like an idiot, you're in pretty good company. You're in pretty good company. Because if you look at Acts 4.13, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, Peter, who's pretty good with a sword, and John is the disciple that Jesus loved, 
And they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled and took knowledge of them that they had what? Been with Jesus. Now, if you go back to unlearned and ignorant men, and then you look at the Greek word for that, that Greek word is idiotos. Idiotos. Now, what do you think we get in our English language from the Greek word idiotos? (laughs) That might not be a bad badge. Idiot for Jesus. Well, if Peter and John were, they walked with him. That's pretty good company, folks. That'd make a nice badge. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But we're not the message yet. I'm just talking. So what's really stopping revival? Here we go. Fear. F-E-A-R. A four-letter word. We're told 125 times in the Bible. Fear not. Be not afraid. But what are we afraid of, Ronnie? We're afraid of rejection. Fear of rejection. We're afraid of being rejected. We love the open doors, not the closed ones. We're scared to death of being rejected. Rejection hurts. God help the innkeeper that tells me we don't have room for you. We're going to go to Luke 2 and start on verse 3. Luke 2, verse 3, Roger. All went to be taxed, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary as a spouse wife, being great with child. So it was. That while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. She brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger. Because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And now we're going to go to 12. This shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Father, I need your help right now. This is your word. Help me to guard it. Help me to love it. And help me to speak to these dear folk in the authority of your word and to do it in love. In Jesus' name and all God's people say, Amen. Amen. What? You don't have what? You don't have what here? I just came 90 miles in seven days and ate half the dust from there to here. I got a woman I love out there on my donkey that I rented. She's about to pop. 
I took two weeks vacation. I get here and you tell me you don't have room. What? Lord, what do I do? What? Well, how about just her? How about just her? I don't have to go in. How about her? You don't have room? Do you know the planning I put in this? Do you know how I worked on this to get us here? You don't have room. Now how you handle rejection determines whether you'll be successful in your life, even your spiritual life. Rejection hurts. And I don't mean the stuff that you'd like to have. I mean something you need. You need this. Or I don't know what I'm going to do. Rejection is the place where your faith is proven. Until we can master no, only then do we want to be more Christ-like. Do we want to be more Christ-like? Do we? Do we really want to be more Christ-like? That is a very serious question on top. It's easy to say, yeah, I do. Good for you. Good for you. Because he had a life of rejection. Jesus would be defined by rejection. He's rejected before he ever even gets here. He is born under a death warrant. You want to be like Jesus? He would spend a lifetime being rejected. Rejection hurts. He came into his own, his own what? Received him not. He was rejected to the point of being nailed on a cross. Make no mistake, he laid his life down. No one took it. But that was the point of his rejection. And do you know what rejection does to self-esteem? Or maybe y'all have never been rejected. I don't know. Do y'all know, really know how personal this is? How in the world do I go back out there in that hot sun... Help Mary get back on that donkey and tell her, honey, I'm sorry. They don't have room. How do you do that? I didn't get that job. I know they called me for the interview and I didn't get it. How do you go home and say, honey, I'm sorry, but... They came and picked up the car and I had to ride home with a neighbor. Rejection's tough. How do you...
I don't know that we're going to have a Christmas this year. <laughs> Maybe y'all have never been there. I have. I've been thrown out with the trash. Maybe you haven't. It hurts! That's right. You get desperate. Rejection is not only a game changer, it is a life changer. And it's not just the rejection, folks. It's the consequences of the rejection. Y'all say rejection. Say rejection. That's a powerful word you just said. It's what happens in your stomach, that bile you get in your stomach, that sick feeling when you realize that door won't open for me. That closing door, you know what it's really saying, don't you? You ain't no man. You ain't nothing. Never going to be anything. That closing door just confirmed it. You done brought her all the way out here. You came 90 miles. Now she knows you ain't nothing. So you're walking back to that donkey and you're doing your best to try to figure out how you're going to explain that your plan did not work. Honey, I'm so sorry. But all I got for you is rejection. How many in here have ever been rejected? Am I talking to the right folks or have you not been rejected? I have. It's not easy. Rejected by a father, a mother, a spouse, a family, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a job, a fraternity, a sorority, any circle, office, neighborhood, school, even a church. Rejection hurts people. And it does stuff to you when it walks away. It teases you. Rejection plays with you. It messes, it screws it up worse than it is already. To those of us that wither, the pain is unbearable. And to some people, it's even suicidal. Well, my boyfriend didn't call me Saturday. I think I'll shoot myself. Are you kidding me? Rejection is rough. It's rough. Could be the very thing stopping revival. We're scared to death of being rejected. Rejection, sweetie, can make you shut down to the point that all you want to do is sleep. Just to get away from it. You get home and the clothes in the closet are half gone. Rejection's tough. To some people, rejection is not... It's like you don't hear, I don't like that dress on you. No, that's not your right color. What you hear is that you're stupid, you're fat, and you're ugly. And you don't amount to anything. That's what you really hear. If rejection has hurt you. Until you manage rejection and not take it personal, that door is going to kick your butt. Until you can't take it personal. It's not about, we don't like you, sir, or your pregnant person on that rented donkey. That's not the issue. 
We only got 12 rooms and 40 people in them. We'd love to take your money. But we're full. But that's not what Joe hears. Joe hears you're not a man. Come on, Mary. Let me help you back up on this donkey. We got to keep going. We got to keep going. I'm out of plans. I'm out of ideas. I'm out of tricks. But we got to keep going. Look, you can give in, give out, but you don't give up. Okay? It's okay to give in. It's okay to give out. But we are not giving up. Amen. We're not giving up. May not know where we're going, but devil, get back here. Get out of my way. Get back here. Because we're going to keep going. Look at your neighbor and say, keep going. Keep going when your heart's broken, when you're in distress, when you're out of money, when you're betrayed, when you're lied about, even when you're forgotten. Keep going. So here goes Mary and Joseph to God knows where to get God knows what from God knows who. But they're going. Now while they're going... Joe thinks he sees a little something. Hmm. He's not sure what it is. But as they get a little bit closer and a little bit closer and a little bit closer, he sees, well, it's not what we had in mind. It's not an inn, I don't think. It's not big enough to have an elevator. Probably no newspaper at the door. No room service, but he did see something. And it's the somethings that you're going to look for. It's the somethings that you're going to look for when you've been thrown out and rejected. You're going to need to look for the somethings, okay? The somethings are special. Sometimes you might have to humble yourself a little bit, back to reality, because what you've got in mind may not be what God has in mind for you. Amen. Okay? But God would not have brought each one of you here today if He didn't have something for you. Come on. That's why you're here. Listening to this crazy guy talk about rejection. Now watch. He stumbles up on it. It's kind of like, hey, it's a barn. We found a barn. We got a barn. Well, at least it was something. Little as much when, little as much when God is in it. It's not elegant. It's not fancy, but it's the best we can do. And the Bible says that there's shepherds out in the field keeping sheep safe. So this something is a safe something. They found somewhere safe. Why? Because there's people watching. Wow. Did you ever think of that? I did. They got a safe something. So they started with a something, and now it's a safe something. It's not too shabby. With her crying and screaming, oh, I gotta help it. She's got to do something. So Mary and Joseph go in the barn. There's three things there at the barn. There's a manger, there's milk rags, and there's some guys watching. See, I love that. There's some guys watching. I love that. The manger comes from the Latin word to chew. And a trough for feeding animals. 
So the manger becomes a cradle. And the cradle is really a trough, which is good because Jesus is what? The bread of life. Why are they in a barn? Because there's the trough for the bread of life. Are y'all with me or no? See, I love this. The, the, the cradle is the trough. Later, Jesus would say, unless you drink my blood and eat my flesh, you'll have no part with me. And when Mary birthed Jesus, dinner was served. In a barn. In a barn. In a barn. A barn? (coughs) They laid him in the trough because God would say, Come and dine. <laughs> Come and dine. Honey, look, I know this isn't what we planned, but the Bible says that she wrapped him in swaddling clothes. Now, if you're going to be milking cows and goats, you're probably going to make a little bit of a mess, so you're going to have some cloths to wrap, to clean, to do whatever. So you wrap the milk of the Word in the milk of the cows. Now, the men that watched, you never really pay attention to them. And I knew that they were shepherds watching sheep. But then you think, wait a minute. Well, Jesus is the Lamb of God. <coughs> Mary thought she was carrying a man, but the man was the Lamb, and the Lamb was the man. Amen. Okay? Shepherds should have been there watching God's little Lamb. Woo! Amen. That's why they're in a barn. Not the end. That door was a blessing. They're in a barn. So you see what Joseph and Mary had planned was never, ever, ever what God had planned for them. Anytime you face rejection, well, that's just a sign of direction. Anyone can shout when God opens the door, but you should shout. When that door is closed, that's when you should really shout. (laughs) Because what God is saying, not here, not here, not here, not here. I got somewhere for you. That's fantastic. Are you kidding me? Lord, thank you for that closed door. I'd have been in the wrong place. We want to be where he wants to put us. One more thing. While traveling 90 miles in seven days, God had sent word to the wise men, and they were told to go till you see a child laying in a manger. What if they'd have been in the inn? What if they had made it in the inn? I guess the wise men still be looking. What do y'all think? Jesus was exactly where he wanted to be, where he wanted them to be. Rejection turned out to be direction. You don't need to let rejection kick your rear end. That's direction. That's direction. See, I love that. Don't fear rejection. Embrace direction. Reach out with boldness to those around you. Don't preach to anybody. Just tell them what you heard. 
about Jesus. That's all you got to do. Look, you can't save anybody anyway. You tell them about Jesus. If they reject you, you keep right on going. You go to somebody else. You can't save them anyway. Jesus stands at the door and knocks, not you. You just hand them the bread. All you do is hand them the bread. If they reject you, you keep right on going. That's direction. That's okay. That's okay. They want to call you an idiot. Praise the Lord. That's okay. That's all right. Revival could begin in a barn. It could even begin here. This might be a step up from a barn. It could begin here. But guys, for revival to happen, I think it's key that we deliver the bread. Not save them. We can't save them anyway. But we've got to hand them the bread. Just hand them the bread. If they turn and walk away, don't you dare let that bother you. It's okay. It's all right. But give them the bread. Okay? Can we stand to our feet? I hope I didn't bore you to tears. If you can stand and you feel like it, will y'all stand? Do we really want revival in America? Do we really want revival here in Inglewood, Florida? Do we want it? Do we want it? Do we want it? What do we have to do? We've got to crank the bread truck. We've got to crank the bread truck, okay? We've got to crank the bread truck. I'm not telling you to preach to anybody, but certainly having the bread, the bread of life. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Is there anyone today, is there anyone here today that would be as honest as they could in the presence of God and all these witnesses that would raise your hand and say, Brother Terry, I want to hand out the bread. I can't save anybody. I know I can't. But I can give them the bread. Would anyone that's willing to do that, would you raise your hand? I'm not going to single you out. But can we hand the bread to somebody? Can we just hand it to them? That's all we have to do is hand it. If we really want revival. If you don't know the Savior. If you don't know this Jesus that was put in a trough. Who is the bread of life that I've been bragging and talking about. I would love to speak to you. After the service. So Father. Right now. I ask the Holy Spirit. To do what the Holy Spirit does that I can't do. And that's convict hearts. Draw them close to you. It would be wonderful to see someone saved on Father's Day 2021. So right now, in Jesus' name, you do your work. We're going to love you. And we're going to keep loving you. And we're not going to let rejection kick our tails it's not going to happen we're going to give out the bread in Jesus name and all God's people say Amen. Amen and you are dismissed thank you for listening to me thank you, praise the Lord thank you